This is the Tribe Podcast with your host, Ben Bolden, Anthony Rodolikas, and Joel Strahan. We have a simple message act like men. <laughs> Welcome to the tribe. All right, so here we go, folks, with uh, episode two uh, of the Tribe Podcast. Um, uh, this is Anthony. And today, what we're going to be discussing, um, at least what I had put on the agenda to discuss, is the state of the church. Uh, mighty weighty, uh, the state of the church. Well, there's there's two things I know. Uh, one is is that if you're talking, I want to listen. Uh, but but two, if uh, if you have if you have planned uh, for for us to talk about this, this it's going to be awesome. Just cool. So I appreciate that. Joel. It's guaranteed. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll have Brain over there to to insert his extravagant. For comments. those who didn't listen to episode one, Brain is Ben. Yeah, I I denounce that nickname. Well, just because of that, we're going to continue calling him the Brain. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the state of the church. Um, it's kind of like in my mind, it was uh, the natural. Uh, a sequence uh, segue from the first uh, episode where we try to describe what TRIDE stands for, uh, why we're in this fight, uh, what are we fighting for, etc. And two things uh, uh, collided in my head, among other uh, many weird things that collided in my head. But the ones that made sense to me was uh, I had just finished reading a few months ago a book by a compatriot of mine, Eric Metaxas, uh, The Letter to the American Church, uh, and with footnote, that was kind of like a follow-up to his book, uh, his biography of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, the, the pastor, young pastor that was uh, murdered by the Nazis uh, right before the end of the Second War. So, so do you know Eric? No, I do not. Okay, okay. But I know he's half Greek. His, uh, his father is Greek. Okay. And his mother is East German, uh, or what used to be uh, the German Democratic Republic. Awesome. When you said compatriot, I mean, I'm sitting here thinking, goodness gracious, he knows it, Eric, Eric Metaxas. One day, one day, once our podcast uh, has taken off uh, and, and competed with him, he will see us uh, rising up the ranks. He will give us a call. Okay, sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no worries. And and then I think it was something that uh, we were discussing a few weeks or uh, months ago, uh, if uh, Paul, or, or let alone the Lord, was to write a letter to the church in the U.S., um, or any other church, let's say our small uh, Slayton Baptist Church, or the church in general in the U.S., uh, what would he say? And uh, I, I, I shatter. <laughs> I don't want to get that letter right and, now. And and the worst part, if it was Paul, he was going to be— actually, the Lord had, via John, right? He named names. So he was pointing to the people. Yeah, that, that guy in the first pew over there who was <laughs> sleeping with his mother-in-law. I'm sorry, his stepmother. Uh, yeah, that guy, you guys kick him out. So that kind of stuff. Uh, so, and I started thinking, where are we today? So I, I just quickly wanted to uh, introduce this uh, topic uh, by reading a couple of uh, scriptures very quickly, uh, just, just to set the stage. And this is from uh, Revelation uh, chapter 2, the letter that um, uh, the Lord sends via John to the church in Ephesus. Uh, and on verse... Uh, for after he commends them well, for their hard work and patient endurance, he goes 
uh, online for says, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. And then um, uh, if you jump to chapter three of Revelations to the church in, I'll pronounce it in Greek, Laodikia, uh, where he says, I know your works, you are neither cold or, nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Doesn't get more graphic than that, right? I'm going to spit you out of, your, of my mouth like a lukewarm, a cup of tea. Uh, and a couple more that I think were relevant as, as I was uh, putting my thoughts together. Uh, this is from uh, the letter uh, of Jude, uh, and it's uh, uh, verse 4 where Jude says, For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people, who pervert the grace of our Lord into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. And I underline the word, uh, uh, crept unnoticed. And I'm going to close it with uh, uh, James uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 22, where James uh, says, But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. Um, so I took those, uh, those verses and the idea of uh, where do we stand as the church, um, uh, and what is the state of the church in light of the in light of the uh, reality that we believe in that um, the God of the Bible is real, uh, where His creation, uh, He sent His Son, we killed Him, uh, but He got resurrected, um, and as the ultimate sacrifice, right, as the Redeemer um, that the Bible talks about. There is nothing. If that is always true, there is nothing more significant and of cosmic importance. So how do we as a church in this day and age, how do we um, behave? And, 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 and if we were to be written a letter, what would that letter say? Um, but I was going to pass it on to you, Joel, to just um, how do we define the church? Um, I'm not referring to the Roman Catholic Church. I'm not referring to the Eastern Orthodox Church. I'm not referring to the Southern Baptist Convention or the Presbyterian Church. What is the church, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, and I'll pass it on to you. The body of believers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I think, I think you know, we think of, of the church. I mean, it, and, and obviously you speak Greek, um, so it feels funny for me to reference the <laughs> the Greek word, but basically what we're what we're talking about is 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 the congregation of those who call on the name of the Lord, um, and uh, and so the genesis of the church is actually the confession of Peter when Jesus asks what, who do pe- who do people say that I am and they they tell him well you know Elijah John the Baptist from the dead and other prophets he says now who do you say that I am Peter says uh, you are the son of the living God the Messiah and with that confession Jesus Jesus says I'm going to build my church on this. 
And so really in, in just loosely to defining the church, the church is the, um, the, the congregation of all of those who have made that confession. Um, and, and so in order to become a member of the church, which Scripture calls the body of Christ, we must agree with the confession of Peter that Jesus is God. He is, he is serving in the role of the, the firstborn son. He has all authority, power, um, and, and wisdom, and uh, uh, is, will, he rules the household of God and will judge on the final day of, of judgment. Um, and he is the promised one that God, he was the promised seed that God promised to Eve that uh, he confirmed to Abraham, the king that God promised David, the Messiah uh, is, is, is Jesus. And, and so the church is, 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 is all who have made that confession. Now, because the church is made of many nations um, spread out all over the world, those believers who have made that confession, who are uh, who, who live in close proximity to each other, um, they they meet and gather in close, intimate, covenantal um, relationship, and they form the local church, and um, and so. So really, if, you know, if we're looking for a, a definition of the church, we think of the global church, everybody who has made the true confession that Jesus is Lord, that he is God, that he is the Messiah. And then those who join in uh, intimate covenant together um, in, the local, in the local body, um, um, those are, are the two expressions of the body of Christ, those two expressions of the church. I just want to clarify that so so we don't think or people don't think that uh, we necessarily or ex- exclusively talk about a specific church, whether it's the Methodist or Presbyterian right. mm-hmm. or Anglican. These are yeah. different denominational uh, tra- gatherings uh, of, of believers uh, uh, that basically, based on certain traditions, define themselves in certain ways. Uh, but having that established, I wanted to go back to uh, why I brought up uh, Eric Metaxas and... Uh, and, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, if you read the biography, which I encourage every listener uh, to do, it's a, it's, it's a big book, but it's beautiful, wonderfully written, and, and it's very instructive. Uh, it was November um, 6, uh, 1932, Reformation Sunday, uh, when Bonhoeffer gave a sermon to, um, to the Wilhelm Kaiser um, church there and Lutheran church. So there you have uh, middle, upper middle class, German Lutherans, uh, uh, comfortable, nicely ensconced in their, in their faith, believing that uh, their proclamation of faith uh, that was probably made by their great-great-grandfathers, grandparents, um, irrespective of whether they truly believed or not. But you were sitting comfortably in the pews, thinking that uh, you've done what you're supposed to be doing, uh, uh, and in the in the meantime, uh, the clouds of darkness were all over Germany, um, and people will say, "Well, hindsight is twenty twenty." Uh, true, but at the same time, it is true that certain people, like uh, Bonhoeffer, uh, had started seeing those clouds, 
Shursel was one of them as well on the other side of the channel. Uh, so people were seeing those clouds and, and, and the question was, what were they doing? What were you going to do? What are we going to do? Um, so I was trying and I was drawing lines uh, uh, from 1930s to today and uh, people could say that we always have circumstances. We always have world events or, or, or other uh, local events that you might say that, okay, this portends bad news for the future. What are we going to do? But uh, I think we're at a critical juncture now where, where the fundamentals are being uh, denied or challenged within the church. Uh, and in my mind, the church is the, la the first and last line of defense, I think, in terms of culture. Uh, and and uh, the church is being squeezed to a Sunday religiosity, uh, or you keep your uh, faith to yourself, your opinions, your religiosity, your faith to yourself. And, um, and from Monday through Saturday, you just act in the secular world. So there is a disconnect in my mind, in my head, uh, as to how do you fight that? Because if you surrender the culture uh, to, let's say, wokeism, right, or, or the secular uh, worldview, uh, there is no vacuum in nature, right? So they, will, they have taken over. So where do we stand? How do we fight? How do we engage? Uh, what does the church have to do to regain ground? Um, how do we become relevant? Um, again, the fundamentals are being doubted. Um, so I think the, you know, the premise of, of this discussion is, you know, why are we in the fight? And, I, you know, the enemy works by telling lies and deception. And I think one of the biggest lies that, that Satan has, has made us believe is that there isn't a fight. Um, you know, if we don't recognize that we're in a fight, that we're in a war, why would we be prepared for it? Why would we be on guard? You know, why would we stand firm um, and and try to make our bodies strong and, and all of those things? Um, I think he's just deceived us at us being the church as a whole, um, that, that there's not really a fight going on. And, and we're exceptionally vulnerable, I, I believe, in, in Western societies because we're so uh, wealthy, we're so comfortable. And mm -hmm. uh, I mean, right now, tonight, everybody will be watching uh, Michigan uh, uh, playing football, right? And all the other thoughts are out of your mind. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with watching a, a nice football game. There, I, that's not what I'm trying to say, but there's a certain amount of convenience, uh, uh, self-affirmation, comfort, yeah. uh, uh, that we want our conveniences that I, I don't want to be bothered, man. I, I do not want to get troubled. And and we're especially vulnerable uh, in the United States because we're exceptionally wealthy. That was never the case. And I strongly believe that uh, unless you suffer, you cannot see the path to righteousness. There is always suffering involved. Yeah, there is. And, and, and so, you know, I think about kind of the, the tribe, um, you know, key, key passage, the passage that defines tribe. Um, and really, you know, it, it, that begins with be alert, be watchful. Um, you know, I think, you know, Ben, you talked about, you know, being in the fight, you know, the first step of being in the fight, the first, the first step of being 
in the war is not, you know, once you've prepared, right? Once you've once you've conditioned yourself to be strong, it, it's realizing who the enemy is and hating the enemy. You can't go to war against an enemy you don't hate. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're if you're talking about a physical war, where where we're using ammunition, if 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 you don't know who the enemy is and you don't absolutely despise that enemy, there is no way you're going to win that war. Well, what has happened to the church over the 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 decades? Right. We have been we have been uh, lulled asleep in our laziness and segmenting the our our kingdom lives and the in the, the the part of our our thinking that is kingdom focused and we've segmented that from all of the other either responsibility or entertainment look at what we've been watching on TV and what we've allowed our kids to grow up watching you know think about when when we were young and 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 what we were watching on TV and the things that that we were being fed just just as fact and 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 as we grew into adulthood you know we we became okay by being entertained by things that discuss God. And we segmented the part of our thinking where we wanted to obey God, and, and we allowed this other, um, th- this other worldview to, to entertain us and to right. cause us joy and to, and to give us that, that, that ability to check out. Well, at this point, everything that, um, that, that really formed in our lives through stories and fantasy as entertainment has now made its way to the streets and and the market square is now being forced upon us in the workplace and is now being being used to to really deteriorate our our ability to even rightly interpret and apply scripture you know once you start struggling with 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 you know with with the identity issues and 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 and, and you you began to buy into the the mantra, people are born this way, and so we have to accept mm-hmm. it. And there's nothing we can, you know, re- regardless of what God's word says, if you're born this way, you know, it, well, God's word must not be true, and that boundary must not be real. So I I think what has happened to the church is that we've just been been lulled into a state of blindness, really. Maybe sometimes understanding we're in a fight, understanding we're in a war, but not really knowing who the enemy is. And so we will have our conversations, our bold conversations uh, about fighting against the the things we see in the culture that we don't like. But please don't take away my Bud Light beer. Don't take away my R-rated movie. Don't take away the yeah. television <clears throat> show that's rated mature that I'm hooked on and and enjoying and I'm not willing to give that stuff up in order to fight the culture right. war because that's not the enemy. Well, you you mentioned, you know, how we were brought up. So I'm I'm 37, so I can only go back so far um, in what I'm about to describe. But you think of don't sell yourself short. Babe. You're, you're, <laughs> 37 is no spring chicken. Yeah, I know, but you know. Anyway, relatively speaking, old man. Yeah. Uh, so you you think about the. Think about masculinity and and the content that um, you know. Just say in the the eighties and nineties, like how masculinity was described. You mentioned Bud Light. You know, there's there's Bud Light commercials and um, half naked women all over them, and um, 
just all of the stereotypical macho man, masculine stuff you can think of. Um, that's what society was presenting to us as, as good and as okay. And, you know, that's how you be masculine. That's, that's macho. Um, and you start fast forwarding, you know, 10 years, 20 years. Um, all of a sudden there's a kind of a resurgence of, you know, true masculinity, real, real men, you know, for, for whatever reason, maybe they got in the Bible, maybe, you know, maybe God just thumped them in the head, whatever made this, um, this resurgence come about and, and men start speaking up and and growing into true masculinity. You talking about current day? Yeah. Oh man, the second you have men getting on television screens and phone screens and computer screens and saying that they're women and everybody is forced to accept that, oh, you better believe men, the pendulum will swing and the real men will rise up and begin talking. Well, they're they're already doing it, but that's my point. Yeah. You see what happens. I'm 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 describing how the enemy is working. So he tricked us into thinking masculinity was something it wasn't. And then when we started to say, Oh, wait, we're being tricked. Let's let's speak up about this. Cancel culture emerges and says, "No, you're you're toxic masculine man. You know, toxic masculinity. You can't speak like that. This is, you know, the patriarchy and all these things." So it's misogynistic. Shi- yeah, it it shifts from um, from having us fooled to when we kind of start opening our eyes, we're like, "No, you can't do that. That's wrong." So, but there is some aspect to that as well, though the. The, there is a jingoistic or the Andrew Tate's of the world where you portray a version of masculinity uh, that is abhorrent. It's trying uh, to go back the other way now. Yeah, so it's a 180. Yeah. Yeah, that's an abhorrent version of masculinity. That's that's not the, what we're talking about. So it's, it's the exact opposite of what a godly man, a strong uh, godly man should Yeah, the be. red pill movement, I think, is what they call right, that. Right, like, I don't, right. I don't need to be married. I don't need women, you know. Correct. And you use women as, as toys. Right. Uh, so... Uh, well, which is part of the American, and they're calling uh, it an alpha male, culture. like he's, right. He's he's the alpha male, right, right. But uh, I wanted to go back to what you said, uh, connecting something that Joel said, but you also said Ben uh, earlier about um, uh, that devil is a liar, right? So it was always a liar, and the confusion uh, in terms of uh, not knowing who we are. Uh, God is not a God of confusion, right? So all of a sudden. There is that massive uh, confusion and the chaos that is that is all over. In which case, we can all uh, self-identify or or from within our own uh, being uh, decide who we are, what we are, without any reference. Forget about our God for a second. Without any, well, you can't. I was going to say without any reference to an objective standard. Well, you can't have an objective standard without God, in my mind, anyway. So, but. So everything becomes self-referential, in which case everything goes, right? So uh, uh, so why shouldn't I identify myself as, as something that I'm not? Uh, so, uh, and, and worse, uh, force you, like you said, to, to acknowledge that uh, uh, violation of reality, that delusion, let's call it. So, um, so in my mind, it all ties together. Uh, but speaking about the church... Uh, but you see that into the church as well. I mean, I was just dumbfounded. When was it? A couple of months ago that the Southern Baptist Convention had to have a convention to vote uh, on, on certain things that uh, other churches have changed their minds about those things, and we can discuss about that. But 
uh, and they had to kick out the Saddleback Church, right? Um, uh, about issues that would have never been controversial uh, within the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm not an expert by any stretch uh, on, on the Southern Baptist Convention, but uh, it was pretty amazing to me that that there was even a vote. Uh, and, and the same thing you see now with uh, others like, uh, like, I guess we can name names, like Andy Stanley's uh, ministry and others, where now they have, uh, they invite some outside groups in my mind speaking of wolves in uh sheep's clothing like empower something um where basically you have uh open discussion about uh worldviews and lifestyles that are not biblical uh being being now on stage in in a church uh like the one that andy andy stanley uh uh, pastors, and to mind, to, to, and it's just mind-boggling to me. Um, yeah, you, you know, you you look at you look at, at at how those kinds of of fractures happen in the church, and and how those discussions even get started. I think there's there's several layers. Two of them are, are pretty pretty easy, low-hanging fruit to to identify. But you know, one somehow. We stopped telling our young men and young women that they need to know the Word of God. And we stopped telling them that they need to read the Word of God all the way through. So we want them to get their education, you know, going to school until they're in 12th grade. Then we want them to go to college, get a four-year degree and 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 and, and higher education if possible. We want them to, to do well in their studies, bring A's on their report cards, and then we take them to church and we're like, we don't care if you read the Bible or not. Um, you know, the the value in the Christian worldview, in the American Christian worldview, became just attending church. The value did not become passing on God's Word. And so, you know, you, you look at a, a generation of men who have not read through Scripture and who do not understand Scripture as a whole, but are dependent only on those who teach the Scriptures. And and when you have an, a whole generation that is only that is completely dependent on a few people to teach them what something says, then you have you have the possibility for great chaos. And, that's gold, man. And, and so so that's 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 one layer. The the second layer is once 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 we've we've reached that first state where where nobody there's nobody in the room that really knows the Bible. Well, now you have no examples of someone who is ordering their lives according mm-hmm. to Scripture. So the young men have no example of a real godly man. They, they have no example of a man who has strength, but also understands how to love the way Jesus instructed us to love. You don't, uh, you, you don't have men looking men in the eyes and saying, you can't look at porn You've got to put that away uh, from from your life. Well, be, when when you have that kind of generation who is worshiping on Sunday morning, what becomes most important? Well, what becomes most important is 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 the worship service style and 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 the the production value of the service. That's how we get to the place in a conservative denomination like Southern Baptist, where we're even discussing the role of men and women. 
So there's a third layer I thought of as I was just thinking, another low-hanging piece of fruit. In in former generations, uh, we were not shown how to study the Bible and discover what God says for ourselves. We were just told this is true. So, you know, we were told things like, don't dance, don't don't <laughs> smoke, don't do drugs, don't have sex before you're buried. We weren't we weren't shown how to discover those truths from God's word so that they carried real authority. We were just told by imperfect people that we saw as poor examples uh, of healthy living. Right. Here's what you can do and here's what you cannot do. And that's do. why you had the rebellion. It, absolutely. So so you get to a point in the church where all you have is 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 a dogmatic set of rules that no longer make sense. And and so we, we really do get to a place in the church. We don't know what the role of men and women is in the church. Um, and, and, and that's a, that's a sad state. Um, so I, I think, you know, if you don't, if you don't know you're in a war, you become lazy. If you get in, find yourself in a war, you don't know who the enemy is. You, you don't, you don't know where you're fighting. And, um, and, and, and you don't so, have the, and you don't have the tools to fight. You don't have the tools to fight. So what are you left with? You're, you're left with whoever the loudest voice is in the room. You're left with whoever the few are that claim to be teachers. And you have to, you, you have to be dependent on whatever they say. Now, once you get to that point, um, it is impossible to be an influence on the culture because the church uh, becomes too, uh, too dependent on the money that they need to to continue uh, continue surviving in order to push back against the culture, and so you, you you end up with a generation of weak men who are unable to speak the truth in love and in gentleness, to live out a, a, a lifestyle of humility and brokenness before the Lord, and you have no power in words because uh, you're you're inundated with just uh, with with cultural opinions. Yeah, that's that's the missing link. Uh, what you just said, uh, in my mind, a describes the collapse of Western civilization, at least in Western Europe, where uh, Christianity has basically ceased to exist uh, in 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 Western Europe. Uh, and uh, uh, and the missing link is the idea that we do not we do not go to the source. We we are not biblically based uh, churches. I mean, there are entire denominations where uh, reading of the Bible is optional. I mean. Uh, Speaking for myself, I grew up in a household that uh, we didn't have a Bible uh, in, in the house. I mean, it was never, it wasn't even ever a thought that you should have one. You will listen to the gospel reading once or twice or three times a year when you go to church. So, uh, and, and you have uh, visual images of Old Testament stories like David and Goliath, uh, Goliath from, high, from from elementary school, because we were taught uh, religious classes in public public schools. Uh, uh, and, uh, and and that was that. So uh, how do you base uh, how do you base a society uh, with healthy values? Um, by healthy, I mean biblical. Um, without that, I mean, what do you base it on? And like you said, you have bad examples of uh, bad actors whom we all know are hypocrites. Uh, and then you read in the papers what they do, you know, behind closed doors. Once you get exposed, 
Uh, and you say, the heck with that. Plus, it's easier. I mean, um, you know, you're a teenager, the hormones are rushing, and you mentioned pornography. So it's just easier to rationalize uh, why you would go into certain activities. Everybody's doing it. It's not, it's, there's no harm to it. I mean, the hypocrites are telling us from the pulpit that uh, we shouldn't do X, Y, Z. They do it themselves. So it's all basically garbage. Uh, I, I don't have the word of the God to be taught by by somebody who can explain it and, and communicate it. Uh, uh, and and then you're unravels. Yeah, and you you end up with um with with a commitment to religious activity, and you know fathers end up teaching their sons how to fake it, yes. because they you, you know you can you can hide who you really are uh, in a lot of spheres in mm -hmm. the social realm. You can't hide <clears throat> who you are at home, and so you know we 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 end up with a a generation of men who are faking it and end up teaching their sons to fake it. And uh, and Ben, you said Saturday morning at our tribe breakfast, uh, you said something that was, was very impactful to me. It stopped me in my tracks, and I've been really chewing on it uh, since, since you said it. But you said that, uh, that, that you saw for the first time an example of a man who was actually living out the biblical worldview for manhood, and his wife looked at him with honor uh, in, a, in a special way, and he honored her in a way that you you hadn't seen. And you didn't use these exact words, but understand. Yours were better. Understand. <laughs> hey, understand. I've been processing this for right. for a few days, um, so I might have added some of my own uh, thoughts. But 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 just the the idea of of you seeing. A, a man who wasn't faking it. Uh, talk about that for a second. Yeah, and I want to, just to clarify that, like, I don't want to sell you short and Anthony short and, and any other man um, that has had an impact on me. Um, I, I use the words, the total package um, in this description. So there have been men in my life that, um, you know, that, that have admirable qualities in many different aspects. This was just the first time where I had encountered many um, in, in one man, and um, it, it also stopped me in my tracks. Um, but it, it set off something in me to, to want to investigate that, you know. You, you, see, you see that, and then, you know, we're skeptical people by nature, or I am anyways, um, so I, I wanted to go investigate, you know, and I actually got to meet this guy and have a short conversation with him. But I started looking into like, you know, what books does he read? What, uh, you know, how, how, how do I get there? Um, I was listening to Jordan Peterson talk about this. Um, and, and he's, he's more talking about just a successful man. But when you see a successful man, like, you, you know, identify the man you want to be and, and find men that, that are close to that and go find out what they do, you know, see if you can be around them, figure out those things. Um, but one of the things I realized through that journey of, of trying to get to that place is you cannot be self-centered. Um, that's, it can't be all about me, you know, me, 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 my, 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 I, me um, becoming a better man. Yeah, it, it is. But the, the way I got there is I'm thinking about, you know, how, how do I help 
my wife flourish or my son or my fellow brother in my church or, you know, whomever. Um, so when I take the, the lens off of myself and, and just focus on how can I help others, all of a sudden you, you look up and, you know, you're just doing things and, and you haven't been so worried about my own comfort and, um, you know, my, I mean, it could be anything, sexual temptations, you know, looking at porn or, um, watching bad shows or whatever. Like I haven't cut the TV on in three days because I've been, you know, gathering notes for a tribe breakfast or, um, or this podcast or, or you know, whatever, fill, fill in the gaps with, with things, um, of importance that aren't necessarily focused on me. And it just kind of seems to start falling in place. And, um, and I noticed that that was one of the traits of, of, of this man I'm talking about when I met him, he, he didn't have a lot of time. He was on to the next thing. He kept a busy schedule, but he also made time in that schedule for, uh, for family and, and wife and, um, you know, and church and it's just a balancing act, but, um, well, once again, you just stopped me in my tracks. That's why we call you brain around here. Uh, because, you know, you said something really, really profound. Um, I don't even know that you realize you said it. But you, on the path to a biblical worldview for manhood, right? That's, what, that's really what we're talking right. about. You, you were, your eyes were open because you saw an example. Right. You've already been on a journey at this point in searching God's Word. You're reading through Scripture. So when you see this example, you recognize it, mm -hmm. right? You go investigate, and what do you see? You see that in order to get there, uh, that your, 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 your main role, your purpose in life is not self-centered. It's to cause flourishing for those around you. And, and you just said it, that I, I uh, there, there, there began to be cultivated a desire to cause my wife to flourish, cause my son to That's flourish, love. and then you said it, to cause my church to flourish. And, you know, you think about this, and and this is your question, Anthony, that you're posing. Uh, what, 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 what is there to do at this point, um, as as the church? to escape this letter that uh, Jesus would write to us right now. Well, it's men, it's men taking this journey, and that journey leads to a desire for the flourishing of the church. And that, that's where it has to begin. And I think that's I think that's what we're all about while we're having these conversations, because we want to want to spurn each other on uh, to take that journey. The the obviously we're going to start with our wives. We're going to start. We're going to move from our wives to our children. Eventually, we will become men that are so passionate about causing uh, the flourishing of God's kingdom um, that that we will we will not just participate in religious activity that the church provides. We will begin being the church that Jesus designed. Yeah, man. But to Ben's point, uh, he mentioned uh, Jordan Peterson. Uh, and to your point, uh, there is a real hunger out there. I mean, there are men, mm -hmm. uh, young men who are really looking 
uh, for uh, for some form of order, uh, meaning, uh, purpose. Uh, and he's talked about that. I mean, Jordan Peterson, and he was an unlikely hero. I'd started by him uh, basically saying no in 2016 or something to a Canadian uh, uh, parliament uh, mm-hmm. uh, legislation or something. But I don't, I don't want to go into those details. But uh, uh, he has spoken to thousands and thousands of people, audiences in Australia, in, in Asia, in Europe, uh, where he's spoken to thousands of people at one time. Uh and and people come. He's he's spoken about that. People come to him in tears, saying that they have reordered their lives. And he's not talking from uh, from a biblical worldview per se. Even though over the last few years that has changed, also he's taken a faith journey, and he's taking yeah. a faith journey right now. And and it was inevitable that he would go into that journey because he's an open minded man. And once you and he started studying the Bible, etc. Uh, and some other family personal circumstances uh, collided at the same time to lead him to that faith journey. But to your point, there's a hunger out there, and and the more men see examples like this, that's the missing link. Um, the other thing that brought to my mind, Joel, uh, as you were talking earlier about uh, people uh, uh, being hypocrites, and 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 you see men. Uh, uh, faking it or pretending. So we were learning from men that were actually themselves faking it. Well, what has happened the last uh, how many years now is that we've dropped that facade. Right. Uh, so that faking is gone. We're no um, longer trying to fake you know, it. You're no longer trying. So everything now has been exposed and it's an open view for everybody to see. And that's why I believe you also see the backlash. Uh, we were talking about earlier that to the extent that everybody now sees those things, some at least men are, are, are waking up and are saying, is enough is enough? I mean, have we crossed that line and I just can't do this anymore? Um, and uh, so that's hopeful because you see those movements, you see different platforms advocating for that. I mean, we're not the only three that are talking about these things, obviously. Um, so that's that's pretty encouraging. But um, But... Unless un, un, unless you have that blueprint that we have been given uh, in in the Bible, uh, uh, I, many times I, I have thought to myself, if only somebody had uh, maybe maybe I wouldn't have followed that, that advice. But if I had written, if I had read rather certain things from Proverbs, um, certain uh, phrases about certain things, do not go there. Do not go with her. Don't do that. And if somebody had bitten that into my head, I would have saved um, so much uh, heartache and money over the course of the last uh, mm, brother, me 30, too. 40 years. Um, as if only somebody could have just talked to me about that. Not Again, not that I would have uh, immediately stopped doing certain things or what have you, but I would have probably processed that better or I would have thought twice, or I would have taken a step back maybe, or at least I'm hoping I would have. But um, this is just uh, just tremendous practical value, I mean, if nothing else. <laughs> well, you know, you think about, um, you know, just, just in, you know, a, a flyby of everything we've said so far, if, if what God designed us to be as men is the leaders of flourishing or the producers of flourishing, the catalyst of flourishing, right? Um, it, it, you know, it, it comes down at the end of that journey to disciplines of love, right? So, so our, our, you know, the tribe verse, 1 Corinthians 16, uh, 13 through 14, 
be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. Right? The end the end of this thing is 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 is, is love if you're going to cause flourishing. Well, you know, you think about what's happened in our culture and and what has seeped into the church at this point. Um it is no longer the greatest expression of love to tell someone the truth. Right. In our culture right now and even in the church, the greatest expression of love is to look the other way or to look in the eye and affirm. And and so you know, here's the deal. If I want to cause flourishing in your life, I'm not going to hand you a cup of cyanide and say, if you want right. this, drink it. That's not going to cause mm-hmm. flourishing. My favorite story um, from as a dad was about one of my daughters. I won't identify which one, but she was really little. And she figured out that she enjoyed playing with the things that uh, things that belong in the toilet, right? She, <laughs> she, she discovered she enjoyed that. I walked in one day and caught things that belong in the toilet all over her. And I... I pitched a fit. Now, here's the thing, right? Our our current framework, our cultural framework, and and the way uh, the the state of the church, um, talking about these these things happening in the church. It, here's what I would have done under that framework. I would have affirmed her, and one day, thirty years from now, I would have gotten a call from her husband saying, "Dude, what in the world is going on, man? <laughs> yeah. What's happening?" No. As a dad, I immediately understood what's going to cause my daughter flourishing is for her to immediately understand that this is not good. Do I need her to understand why this is not good right now? No, I don't need her to understand it. I just need her to understand that this is unacceptable. And and so I made a decision in one moment that my daughter would not play with things that belong in the toilet. Now here's what's happened though. We 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 have we've embraced that mindset on certain things. You will finish school. You will say yes ma'am, no ma'am. Yes sir, no sir. You will not tell me a lie. But as our children grow, it's almost like we check out in the life of the church we 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 check out and all of a sudden we become unwilling to love someone enough to tell them that what they're doing mm-hmm. is actually destroying them so you know if you think about uh, being a man at the end at the tip of that spear is a guy who loves others enough to notice when they are doing things that are destroying them and willing to find a way to communicate that that's not acceptable. Well, so all of those things you mentioned that that other people are comfortable pointing out, you know, say say yes, ma'am, and and no, ma'am, and all of those things. Those are things they know. Those are things they do. Those are things they were told growing up. To paint the picture, you know, in in your um, family scenario, if you grew up playing with poo or you play with poo now, you're not going to be comfortable telling her not to do it because you're doing it. So, you know, apply that to the the church. Why would I expect someone that doesn't tell themselves no or have the 
the ability to um, to deny themselves pleasure um, for a greater purpose if they're not doing it. Um, I wonder if that's how we got to where we are now because, you know, if 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 I'm not doing something that's bad for me, I'm, you know, I don't check up when I when I see someone else doing it or I see my son do it doing it and just say no, you don't need to do that. It's not good for you. Um, if I'm not doing, if I'm not following that advice myself, you know, I recognize what a hypocrite is. I'm, I'm like, well, I do it. I'm not going to tell him not to do it. Um, anyway, I think even you know, even to go go further with that line of thought, um, it's impossible for us to pass something on mm-hmm. that we haven't achieved. And so, I think a lot of times I find that there's areas that I'm unaware of that I haven't known to help others uh, to cause their flourishing. You know, I was 30, I think I was, I was 36, uh, maybe, maybe 35 before another man looked me in the eye and said, you must read through the entire Bible. You must be able to open up the table of contents in the Bible and tell the big story of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You must be able to walk a new believer through what God's doing in every book of the Bible. No man had ever said that to me. You know why? Because no man I'd ever been around had achieved that ability. And Same thing for important. me. And, and I just got to mention yesterday, uh, when it was the second time uh, <clears throat> that I attended uh, this, the, the service. Next where everybody, step service. Yeah, the yeah. next step service where everybody uh, who had accomplished that, that had read the Bible from beginning to end in, the, in, in one year, stood up, uh, came up at the sanctuary and received a little uh, uh, medal. Uh, and I saw people beaming uh, with smiles and with, with pride. And it was such a joy to see that. And uh, and that's part of the solution, right? That's part of the solution. If every church could do that, if, if in every church uh, uh, you could see dozens of people stepping up at the end of the year, the beginning of the new year, celebrating that they had done that, that would be a tremendous step. But it gave me so much pleasure. I had never seen that, man. I mean, last year was kind of like a, a little more of a cultural shock uh, to to us. Uh, two months having come from uh, <laughs> from New York, uh, and uh, my Laura, my wife, she was kind of intimidated because she had never read the Bible from beginning to end in a consistent uh, way, uh, and uh, and we were kind of like looking last year, and and here we were part of that group uh yesterday and it was tremendous uh and and if people are are looking for solutions to what we're posing as the issue uh, of today that we're discussing that's part of the solution for sure mm-hmm. uh that you have to be able to do that to stand up and say and, and communicate that and pass that on um it's immense value and i'm thinking of uh, other churches where this is not being done as part of the quote-unquote religious uh, tradition and schedule it's a huge disservice uh, that many churches are, are are doing and i've seen that not in the traditional denominations like uh, roman catholic or eastern orthodox or or uh, you see it in uh, some uh, anglican and presbyterian churches where it's almost like secondary place uh to consistently read the bible uh, as as the main communication to to the members of, of the church to the to the congregation that you should do that. Um, so yeah, and we've I'm glad you brought this up. I <laughs> I was talking to my wife about it yesterday or the day before maybe, and 
I've been guilty. Um, well, I think I've, I think I've read through six or seven years now, um, maybe more. I, I can't remember, but um, I've been guilty of not wanting to sign up to to get a medal or a trophy or whatever. Just yeah, because, you're that guy. Yeah, I, I'm just like, well, you know, I don't. I don't want to waste the money. Like I'm just going to put this in my safe and, you know, never going to look at it again. But I realized yesterday in that service that the value of, yes. of other men being able to see, okay, this guy's reading through the Bible and he can explain it. Like I need to do that because if enough men get up there doing that, um, you have to, you have to grapple with that unless you're just totally checked out as a man. If, if, if you're if you're somebody that's searching, you'll you'll see that and you'll be like, uh, I need to I need to step it up. And, and, and we have many men in our church yeah. that that are of the same mind I was that that I know have read through and can't explain it and don't sign up. So for any of those that are listening, y'all next year everybody sign up. Um, or if you have an opportunity to show another man um, that that you're not afraid to pray out loud or you're not afraid to read the Bible. Um, out loud or any other thing like don't that's so important yeah don't don't take that for granted like we need to show other men by example not just do it in the shadows but you know sometimes i'm, I'm sorry joel go ahead i was going to say in some i don't want to say cultures per se but uh i can see it uh from my own background that it will not be considered the manly thing to do a to go to church service or b let alone read the bible why? Because the only people that were left in the churches were all women. So it's not a manly thing. Mm. And and having gone through my own faith journey, I, I can attest and say that there's nothing more manly and more loving and stronger, like I make you stronger as a man, uh, than than doing exactly that, reading reading the word of the God of God. Uh, there is nothing more manly than that. And uh I, I and that has to be mentioned because a lot of people will take that as, as a sign of weakness. And it's not. It's the exact opposite. It's a sign of strength. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. And I, and, and I think, uh, too, there's, there's, this, there's this quasi, uh, you know, quasi-spiritual giant thought that I don't need to be honored. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't need to be made much of. Um, it's, the, it's the more spiritual thing for nobody to know what I'm doing. I, I tell you what fixed me in that, in 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 that kind of thinking. It it was in the kingdom era, um, as uh, as as you see the contrast between Saul and David, King Saul and King David. Uh, Saul had a leadership style where nobody could rise above him. Everybody in Saul's army was was kept under a thumb. Nobody received any honor because it was all about Saul. In David's army, though, you have this whole list of mighty men, David's mighty men, and it lists their, you know, their their resumes, mm-hmm. the things that they did. And 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 I don't know what year it was, but one year I was reading that and it finally clicked. And I'm like, Here's here's what godly leadership is. Godly leadership the is making sure that others are elevated above you and making sure others are honored. And if God is not afraid to name a man's name and call him a bad-to-the-bone mighty man, then 
I'm not going to be afraid. Mm -hmm. That's Joko Willing stuff from a biblical worldview. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say now? That's Joko Willing stuff. Yeah. Uh, like oh, God, yeah, like yeah. leadership. Joker, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's leading, uh, yes, empowering others. Uh, how do you lead men? That, that's great stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, there's, it, a, there's a story that, that came up in our Sunday school class this past Sunday. Um, an elderly lady in the church that uh, has several friends and and some of them have started losing their sight. And she will call them and read the Bible to them because they're having mm-hmm. trouble seeing it. And I've heard that before, but it, you know, it, it just kind of over time, I just forgot about it. Um, but when I heard it yesterday, I'm like, man, that that needs to be honored. Um, and I think that's what we were doing. We were, um, you know, going to going to write some kind of letter or something, take right. a gift, um, you know, offer some encouragement. But um, but those things don't need to be pushed aside. Like, that's an amazing thing. And that charged me up. Um, anyway. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, I think if, if you were to, you know, if you were to say what is – what is the state of the church right now and and what letter what would be what would be some of the things in in the letter that you know that Jesus writes to the church today i i really do think one of the main issues um would 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 be men it's time to get your act together and uh and 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 take take this journey and be the kind of man that can be honored um and then produce others that that can be honored, and and I think really, you want to talk about holding back the 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 deterioration of culture. Uh, Christian men being authentic, not just being religious, but authentically living out the character of what God designed for a man to be someone who causes flourishing of others that changes cities. Amen to that. I think on, on that note, we may have come to the end of the conversation, but uh, we're going to continue. Joel has uh, some more comments to add. <laughs> well, I'll add a, uh, just a picture of 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 a man to um, to model after if you're searching for one. You look at David in the Bible. Um, you know, uh, uh, a man's man. Um, just the way he's described, he's strong. Um, can obviously fight battles, um, but was also a musician. You know, wrote beautiful songs. Um, and also made lots of mistakes um, and and paid the price for them and repented for those mistakes and was restored um, and ultimately went on to do many more good things. Um, that's, you know, that's a whole, um, a, a uh, what's the phrase I used? A total package um, mm-hmm. man to look at if you're searching for one in life. Um, but, that that would be my suggestion to um, to anyone in the church, or a suggestion to the church specifically, men that are, um, you know, as to how how we how we write the ship, 
um, to look for that man um, to to look up to to model yourself model yourself after. But in order to see that, as Joel mentioned earlier, you got to be right. in the Word. You got to know what you're looking for. Um, so read the Bible. Make yourself do it. That's if if that's the hardest thing you have to make yourself do to get up in the morning and read the Bible or in the evening or whatever, just make it a you know make it a habit. If if you're not doing that, um, it will pay dividends. But there have been studies uh, that show, uh, depending on how many times uh, a week uh, you read the Bible, uh, it, it makes a, a deep and profound change in your life in terms of, uh, let's say you read once a week or two a week. After like four times, I believe, um, the study showed um, that um, uh, your whole, even your health changes, your your attitude towards life, uh, your behavior uh, as a husband, uh, the rate of divorce goes down. So um, um, it, it's amazing how lives can change. But Well, I was looking at just... Uh, a verse in the recesses of my mind. Mm. Finally found it. Google is amazing. Proverbs eleven eleven. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. You know this is this is uh, a truth universal from God's word, and uh, I, I just wanted to not end this discussion without bringing that verse up. Uh, it is true that when those who call on the name of the Lord are living in the boundaries of his blessing, the city is exalted. It's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Just follow Christ authentically, consistently, and the culture will be affected. The city will be exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. And isn't that what we're saying today? Exactly right. The loudest voice right now is uh, it's the, mouths of the wicked we need to be louder we do and we need to be uh, stronger steadfast and and ultimately as godly men we need to figure out how to love gentlemen well before we go um last week we had our hard thing for the the week to do um off the cuff i chose 100 push-ups a day we've been consistent i think We've been consistent on that and got a reward from it. Um, I think it's Joel's turn to choose something. I know he's been putting a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm glad you didn't call on me because I haven't thought of one. Yeah, it, it and you know, it doesn't have to be physical related. Ideally, it wouldn't be because we're already um, training our bodies. But uh, what you got? What's All the right. challenge this this time? Hard hard thing to do. Um, I want you to 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 find. Uh, seven, seven verses in Scripture that speak to biblical manhood, right? And and we're not gonna doesn't have to have any key words. Just just in, in mm. it, it speaks to you about biblical manhood, and memorize one of those verses every day this week. All right, man. There's your there's your challenge. Amen to that. All right, great discussion, gentlemen. Um, one more episode completed. Absolutely. It's fun. It's a, it's a pleasure to have gentlemen. a seat at the table with you guys. Pleasure is all here. <laughs> I just want to say this. God bless everybody. Try it out.